Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. So welcome to Growth Island again. It's wonderful to have you back and uh, listening. So autoimmune diseases, it seems like everyone have one. I'm not sure whether you've been diagnosed one, but there's definitely one of your friends or your family. Uh, if you don't know it, then it's probably because you're not talking enough with them or they haven't shared it with you. So uh, I thought that it was a good idea to, uh, to dig deeper into that and help us learn about that. So I got Dr. Eva Maria Hasenbeck in. She's a medical doctor. She's the first uh, doctor in Germany who's officially certified with the Institute for Functional Medicine. And those of you who have followed the podcast before know that functional medicine is something that's very close to my heart. And uh, Eva Maria will talk a bit more about what it is, but it's, it's taking people out of diseases that's kind of been giving up on the normal healthcare system. And it's very much going from sick care to healthcare. She uh, was also a former soldier, so they'll get to tell more about that. And uh, she's also written a really good book that I can't pronounce properly, so I'll leave that uh, to Eva Maria. So Eva, Maria, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for this great introduction. I'm so excited to be here and to spread the word about functional medicine and how we can change the medical system, the current one, one patient at a time. That's fantastic. And it's, yeah. I love to find the pioneers in the different countries that are kind of uh, spreading the message of functional medicine. We have some really good ones in Denmark as well. So uh, it's great to find one of the lighthouses in Germany to get on the podcast. Thank you. So Eva, how, uh, how did you get into functional medicine? How did you, like, why did you become a doctor and then realize that functional medicine was the next step? Yeah, so basically I think as soon as you become a doctor, it's more like the you want to have everybody. And um, I ended up in ophthalmology, which is amazing because I love eyes. And I had contact with so many autoimmune conditions that are affecting the eyesight and everything. And what I realized that in conventional medicine, we don't have a proper treatment. I know we have treatment options, but usually they are more like band-aids. We suppress the symptoms, but we don't change the current environment of the cell or of the um, whole body to do something what we in functional medicine call the root cause and then somehow my autoimmune own autoimmune condition i was diagnosed with hashimoto's disease which is affecting the thyroid um, my symptoms got worse and i was tired all the time i had fatigue i had um, joint pain muscle ages and I went to every doctor and specialist I could find, of course, because I was a colleague. But all they could tell me was they don't know why I experienced those symptoms. And all my lab values were um, completely in the normal range. So I thought that couldn't be it. There has to be something else. And I started to read. I went on Amazon, <laughs> downloaded some book and um, I, I think the first book I put my laid my hands on was um, The Waltz Protocol by Dr. Terry Waltz. She's an amazing and absolutely impressive person. She was diagnosed with MS, progressive MS. She was already in a um, decline chair, was not, it was pretty disabled. And 
by doing the research in PubMed, by implementing everything she knows from being a doctor, she was able to reverse her symptoms. So I was like, okay, if this works for MS, which is an autoimmune condition, it should work for my autoimmune condition, um, the Hashimoto's disease as well. And I started changing the diet. I was pretty lucky that my husband uh, committed to do the same because it's not possible if you're eating broccoli and healthy options and um, your significant other enjoys pizza and ice cream in front of yourself. So yeah, and that was a huge shift and everything changed. And I think for over two years now, I'm completely off any thyroid medication and I feel better than ever. And that's like, that's the amazing thing. And as soon as I saw those little changes in my um, health, in my own health, I started to get addicted, I would like to say, to functional medicine. And I made the decision that I love ophthalmology, but we have many ophthalmologists here. And there has to be another person who can help other people with chronic diseases. So I decided to go for the certification path with the Institute for Functional Medicine. And yeah, as soon as you're in, in the tribe, that's it. For then the you don't... So just a few words for people that don't know what functional medicine is and like the certification process, because there's so many certifications out there. So a listener might be thinking like, oh, she did a six-week course. It's not a six-week no. course. No. <laughs> <laughs> we just explain a little bit more about it because it's a pretty thorough process. It's, I know several yeah. people that are in the process still um, after like second or third year still working on it because there's there's so much coursework. Yeah, and what I like when I um, try to try to learn more, I dig deeper and did some research, and I ended up with the Institute for Functional Medicine because they invented functional medicine. But um, and in the certification process, it's not only that you have to do all those um, separate modules. One is detox, one is um, gut health, cardio, metabolic, and everything. But at the end, and I was already board certified with two ophthalmologists, like the European ophthalmology board certification and the German one. And honestly, the IFM certification one was the hardest one I ever had because it's a written examination. It took about six hours, five hours, mm. and also a case study. So it was such a thorough thing. And this is why I think it's really important because many people now recognize how amazing functional medicine is. And there are some other so-called functional medicine universities spreading like, um, I don't know. Um, and I would highly recommend to stick with the, with the inventors somehow, mm. because we like all like my mentor, one of my mentor was um, Dr. Mark Hyman, of course, Dr. Cherry Walls. So they're like, they, they are the gold standard in functional medicine. So I, I really like them. And what's great with um, the IFM is, is if you go to the ifm.org webpage, you can um, search and find a practitioner and just check mark your country. And it's pretty easy to find a right practitioner. It's a good way forward. So tell me a bit more about, everyone seems to have an autoimmune disease. I have psoriasis. Uh, autoimmune disease, right? And it seems like autoimmune diseases is kind of like that garbage bin that whenever we don't know what's wrong, is an autoimmune disease. 
Um, can you tell a bit about like what are autoimmune diseases, and then we're gonna dig a bit deeper into uh, RA that I can't pronounce properly, but uh, one of my good friends and my big heroes, uh, huge inspiration, Thomas Sylvester, that I had on the podcast as well has, and he's been kind of going from a wheelchair to actually walking and so on. He's a he's a big inspiration. Great. So um, with autoimmune conditions, like like you mentioned before, it's it's not that you diagnose it because like it's more that we put a name onto something we don't really know what it is. And what I really, I listened to one of Anthony Williams' um, interviews, The Medical Medium, and I really like his um, his description of an autoimmune condition because what we were told, and even I, when I was diagnosed, asked my um, doctor what I can do. And he was like, yeah, women are more prone to um, have an autoimmune condition and there's nothing you can do and it's your body attacking your yourself and i was like what what did i do wrong i mean why did my body decide to work against me and what anthony william does in the like it's nearly the opposite he says it's the body is not attacking yourself the body loves you so much that it's trying to protect you and to to dig deeper into uh, into this i think i have to explain how many of those autoimmune conditions start in the first place because it's not that you like the immune system starts one day oh i don't know what else to do i will produce some antibodies against my own tissue usually there are those underlying causes and what i found in my uh, practice is a really common and big topic is um the leaky gut syndrome and what this means like usually your gut supposed to be like a perfect garden hose but if i try to explain it like this that if a hedgehog goes um, nearby the garden hose and sticks with his little needles inside the hole then you have those holes and that's Mm. what really happens in your gut cells like usually they are um, tied together with those little tight junctions but in those leaky gut syndrome they open up so everything with, which is inside the intestinal um, lumen goes straight into the bloodstream. And this is where everything started because there are proteins from um, viruses, from parasites, from bacteria, and even from food we eat that are not supposed to go to the gut lumen. And of course, your immune system, because it tries to protect your body, is like, oh, what's happening here? There's a intruder invasion we have to do something and then you start with this um, overreactive immune system and because it's so overreactive even if if there are some other proteins coming in they they build antibodies against those proteins and unfortunately it's some kind of a statistic sometimes bacteria proteins or um, virus proteins have a similar um, protein structure than our own tissue protein structure so this is when we have those autoimmune antibodies because they can, in my case, it was the thyroid tissue and they attack those tissues, but not because they want to destroy my thyroid because they thought it was an invader and they have to make sure that I don't get infected by it. And what I also... Just quickly, antibodies. What's a good way to explain what an antibody is? Um. It's something the body produces to protect you against uh, a common invader. So virus, bacteria, anything you can imagine. Basically, even food. 
we can um, the body can create um, antibodies against some food. But the problem with this is that as soon as the immune system is in this overreactive state, it's pretty common that if you start with one autoimmune condition, 10 years later, you already have two more. Like it's mm. always this rule of three that after 10 years, you have you end up with three autoimmune conditions. And so for me, it's really important to um, help people to understand why the symptoms started in the first place. And what I hear all the time is, yeah, but my dad and my grandfather already had rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm like, yeah, they are, or they had, but it doesn't mean you have to get the condition as well. Because this is another great mentor is Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he, like, he says only 1% of all our diseases are genetically. Everything else is because of the environment of the cell. And by recognizing this, I think we, we recognize what an amazing power we have. As soon as we change the environment of the cell, we can change everything. I mean, even the liver cells are able to reproduce in six months. So we can create new organs in a time frame of six months. Or the cornea of the eye takes two days to uh, get new cells. So I think that's really important. And it's important to know that there's that hope, right? Because genes definitely matter, but it's like epigenetics, as Bruce Lipson also talks about, like what actually becomes active and how can you get some of these these things to be inactive again. So what are some of the things that uh, you've seen that we can actually do, Eva? You mean in the healing process? Yeah. Actually, everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really depends on the person because what I also see in my um, private practice, as soon as we do some advanced functional medicine lab testing to find out the root cause, which is one of the basic steps. And we focus on reactivating the self-healing potential in the body, which we actually can do even in a 96-year-old with a chronic disease history of 40 years. As soon as we start with this healing journey, usually there is, after a couple of months, there is this point the person reaches where they are like, okay, but now nothing happens anymore. And this is what I like to call like the onion, onion rings, not onion rings, but the mm. onion layers, onion layers. Thank you. And as soon as we have them on the perfect diet, we created the perfect environment. They have the right supplements and everything. Then the inner work starts. This is when usually some grief, some trauma from the past comes up, but it usually takes a little time. And I see it more like we, we create the balance. So the body is able to rebalance again. And as soon as we reach this state, the body is not so occupied by trying to protect itself. And then those underlying mental issues, mindset issues, they come finally onto the surface. And then the second part of the healing journey starts. And it's really the most impressive one because if you work on those inner, like the inner work, you can create miracles. It's mm. amazing. Placebo. So I think it's so amazing, like that, how we talk about, well, that that's just placebo that doesn't work. But placebo just shows like if the mind believes something strong enough, then that can be a lot more effective than a lot of medicine. Absolutely. And I find that so interesting, like when you hear those people being very much, oh, it's just placebo and so on, this stuff doesn't work. And so like, so the mental part really does work. 
It's just a matter of how do we turn that mental part on to help us heal. That's the hard part. Yeah, it is. How do we both get the best of testing and so on? So we get like, as you're talking about, that we get to a good level. For example, a microbiome test, uh, that means that you poop and then someone looks into your poop and analyzing it for the ones that are doubting what that is. Uh, or you do a blood test to see and you get those level right, right? And then how do you also take that level of the mental? But what kind of test do you normally start with? If someone comes into you and be like, hey, Eva, I'm feeling horrible. I have an autoimmune disease or I have RA. You can pronounce that better than I can. What, what test would you start that person on? So prior to the test, I yeah. want to know everything about my clients. So we start with what I call a timeline appointment where we go through the whole life, start with uh, the grandfather, grandmother, aunt's uncle, to make sure we cover everything, all the life events, some traumatic situations, um, some uh, operations, whatever they experience in their whole life. And after those initial appointments, I have a really clear overview about their health situation, and I'm able to recommend lab testing. And I'm also completely in love with organic acid testing, which is a, you take just one urine sample and you have an overview of the whole body because we cover with those um, markers we can test with the organic acid test. Uh, we cover mitochondria, um, like how the energy production is working, how the Krebs cycle is working, if all those enzymes are working properly, we can see if there are some dys dysbiosis. You mentioned the gut health. Dysbiosis markers, if they show up in the urine, because okay. all those bacteria and candida species, they produce certain kind of byproducts, and we can measure them in the urine. And um, I was trained by Dr. Dan Kalish, who works together with uh, the inventor of the organic acid test, Dr. Richard Lord. And I also had lectures with him and he's the most amazing person. <laughs> and because he was so brilliant, he was literally sitting in his own garage and inventing this test. And it's now the gold standard because not only can we cover those dysbiosis marker and energy markers I was talking about, we will also see whether we have neuro neurotransmitter disbalances meaning noradrenaline, adrenaline, dopamine, serotonin, those have all an effect on the overall health and balance. And um, we also see whether there are the detoxification is working properly. Like we have phase one, phase two detox in the liver. We will see whether the kidney um, detoxification is working. And by doing so, we can like, I look at the uh, lab results and I'm like, okay, you're going to need some glutathione because your body has not enough glutathione. And so with this one test, we have so many points where we can start helping the people to create, re uh, to create balance again, that this was my, like the only test I do with every single patient. If they decide to work with me, they have to go on this. And how, so someone has to pee on a strip of paper to work with you? No, they, they just collect the urine sample okay. and then they have to mix it with a um, stabilization uh, fluid, yeah. send it to the um, to the lab and like we get the results. Usually it's a turnaround time is two to three weeks. Okay. And how, um, how fast do these like uh, markers change? So like if you do a difference in like two weeks, can you see it straight after? Does it take a month, two or three months? And how much does it fluctuate? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you, of course, it's going to fluctuate, but you still 
C, because they compare with all those normal values they did before, you will still see which kind of markers, even if they're not in the red range, yeah. you will see they're like in the intermediate area and we still have to focus on them because what I'll see on this um, tab, test, you have those patterns. Yeah. And as soon as you recognize those patterns, even if like not all the markers are in the red range, you're able to start a perfect and personalized um, treatment plan with supplements. And what I like to do, because you ask for the um, how we do the next test, is usually six months later. And okay. as, as soon as we created what we wanted to create and the health um, improved, um, I see it as a yearly checkup. That usually once a year we do at least the organic acid test, and if some other um, symptoms or life events came up, of course we do some other tests. But the once a year the organic acid test is the least we we should do. Yeah, <clears throat> and is there anything like D vitamin which comes very much from the sun? So if you live in the Nordic countries, if you take a D vitamin test in the summer or you take one in the winter, it's very different results. Uh, so actually now. Uh, i think the official advice now from Denmark changed a month or two ago. D vitamin was recommended for adults because in the winter month. Is there anything here with the organic acid test where there's like some of the markers will be very different in one season over another? No, it's not seasonal affected. But um, for example, if I have um, if I treat MS patients, which I obviously do because it's an autoimmune condition, um, they are usually on prescription meds that affect the dopamine levels. So of course I. I will know as soon as I read the results and evaluate them. But those are kind of things that uh, change the results and we have to take care of it. So we actually, um, in Krank, where we built several ventures, we um, we tested a certain, like building, say, blood services uh, or blood testing to make it more easy. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot more coming about that. And we could see that um, there was only one person out of, a first sample of 20 that had high enough D vitamin levels. Everyone else was deficient. Um, and that person was me <laughs> because I, I already had tests done before, so I was getting a fair bit of uh, supplements. So, um, and I think it's also why the Danish government now, the government's often coming a bit later on the recommendations that they are now recommending in the winter month that Danes should get D vitamin because it's simply so important, right? It so, is. And it, it affects everything, yeah. especially in autoimmune patients like the normal range your gp is going to recommend is completely out of the range i recommend <laughs> there's a huge gap and they don't understand me and that's totally fine with me because i want to take care as good as i can and we have the evidence that we need a higher level than the yeah. usual there are studies showing it i think my uh, i also have a medical doctor who is in functional medicine and so on. I think he recommends that I should be on 150 or 160, something like that. It depends uh, on the lab because this yeah. is like... Yeah, yeah, so what measurement system. So just a quick, uh, you mentioned MS a few times. What mm -hmm. Can you just say what that is? If uh, someone is like, ah, all right, my friend has that or this person should listen to it. Sure, it's a multiple sclerosis. Yeah. So this is the word I'm not able to pronounce properly. <laughs> And it's also an autoimmune condition. And yeah. um, what happens there is the audio antibodies, the autoimmune antibodies, they attack the myelin, which are on all those nerve fibers. And as soon as they are attacked, the myelin goes away, the ice, which is the primary isolation. And so we have experienced all those symptoms. Actually, 
in my time as an ophthalmologist, this is the typical first diagnosis point. Young women have on one eye, um, eye like visual problems, mm. and we are the first ones to diagnose MS because it's affecting the um, optical nerve with yeah. an inflammation. And usually this is one, especially in women, this is one of the first places we see the, the effect. Yeah, makes sense. So what else can we do? Someone sitting at home thinking like, fuck, I also have problems. She seems pretty cool, Hasenbeck, but like what I do? Do I need to pee somewhere and like where, where can I start? What what can people do? You need to pee and poop properly. Yes, pee and poop <laughs> and send it to you. Yeah. And no, at first, like I think we we already if they already have the mindset that they want to learn more, they already did the hard work. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you have this changing point in your mindset, you will create your own miracle. And that's the most amazing part. And what I highly recommend. If you're um, looking for a functional medicine practitioner, again, either way, ifm.org, find a practitioner or reach out to me. I'm more than happy because I switched to completely telemedicine during the pandemic. But it's really important that you find the perfect practitioner for you. Because like, if somebody think I'm nice, <laughs> that's perfect. And, but there are like, other people that I think like she annoys me <laughs> with her healing and everything but it's really important to find the perfect person for you so you have your own health advocate and I see myself more as a the main strategist because mm. all like I'm the strategist in the background and I can hold the hand throughout the whole progress and process but the client has to do the hard work mm. because as soon as you implement those things you will see the amazing results and you will have a complete different viewing view of your body because you understand that even like what i also like to tell my clients all the time is the symptoms for me are your body's way to communicate with you and if the symptoms are getting worse and worse it means your body is trying to scream but it's not able to scream so those symptoms are getting worse and worse and as soon as we can reconnect to our body to um so we are able to read those symptoms and in my book um i also talk about using your body as your own seismograph mm -hmm. because i just like the the explanation that for example on hawaii all those volcano researchers use those seismograph and they need this baseline and you only you're not you're only able to use the seismograph properly if you have enough data for the baseline. So as soon as a headache, headache or bad sleep or whatever comes up, you're able to see, oh, that's my thing. I have to listen to my body and I have to understand what happened and led to the symptom. So Yeah, I think that's that's so powerful. Like first first understanding there is a way out. Or there is a way to get better. Just like you said with Hashimoto. That's one thing that's often treated in functional medicine, right? Where yeah. people meet um, normal, fantastic doctors that are educated well and so on, um, but just don't have that knowledge, and they train more in medicine than the entire like health system. So they say like, "There's nothing you can do." Um, I've talked to so many people that are like, "Oh, there's nothing you can do." They go to functional medicine, and then the normal doctor be, "Oh, that's a miracle that you got better." That's like, that's very weird. Like we don't have every evidence. I am. I had a skin doctor that said like what you eat doesn't have influence as well on your skin versus like how do like that doesn't make any sense 
we know that from studies like the you can go to PubMed and find those studies but um, I also understand like those doctors don't have the time to sit and read all of the research they're already reading a bunch of new research all the time it's hard to stay stay up to date with everything because there's so much coming out right but knowing that there's probably there is a friendly doctor out there or friendly practitioner who's been through something themselves and spend much of their life work digging into this material and figuring out what can you do and I think what you talk to as well like find that perfect practitioner is like who is that practitioner who has really dug into the area that you have a problem with and then as you talked about as well finding someone where you have a good report like how do you have a good feeling with talking to them if you think the person's annoying or you don't have that uh, good feeling with them they might not be the best doctor for you um, and then going to the functional institute can be a good way to ensure there's um, a high baseline of quality there's many good practitioners out there that don't have that but that's an insurance that is kind of it's a person that has good training yeah. so I think those are like really important things and then as you said as well you need to figure out what are the tests that you need to do is it organic acid test is the microbiome test is the blood test and so on and I think that's also whenever I talk to a functional practitioner they're always hesitant to say like I always do this because it's always individualized right um, that, that you need to figure out from the medical history yeah but of course like you mentioned the most important tests but even if they have adrenal yeah. problems, we add some saliva testing for the cortisol. But it's, yeah, you you nailed it. It's the most important thing to let everybody know that they don't have to feel hopeless. Hmm. Even if they went from endocrinologist and the best specialist. I mean, I went to all the huge university clinics to the best specialist and they told me, oh, there's nothing you can do. And I was like, what? And I think the only reason why they didn't mention to send me to a therapist was because I'm a, oh, I was a colleague. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I hear this from my patients all the time that as soon as the conventional medical doctor don't find any reason why the symptoms um, appear, they are like, yeah, maybe you're experiencing too much stress. Here's a, like a card, a recommendation for a good psychotherapist to dig deeper in it. And I'm like, what? And this is, this is, really hurtful for the people because they're just trying to find a solution mm. and the i mean we invest on um they're like we have an amazing medical system but for acute diseases yeah. not for chronic diseases that's the i think that's the main part i like in functional medicine if i break my wrist bone there's nothing I can do. I can support the healing journey, but of course I have to find a conventional doctor to treat this and even with a heart attack, but everything else, as soon as it's going to the chronic disease area, they just throw prescription drugs on the symptoms. Is there anything generic when you have autoimmune diseases that you can do? Like apart from, of course, getting the testing and the advice, is there anything else you can do um, that you recommend? Um, of course, it's a mental part as well, meditation, mindfulness, figuring out your traumas. But anything else that someone sitting and listening would be like, ah, I want to, like, when this interview stops, I want to start trying that or I want to take action. So, so what else can people do? Yeah, I think one of the important part is to make sure your body has everything it needs, not only from a nutritional standpoint, meaning a good multivitamin, probiotics, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, magnesium, we are all deficient in that, even with the best organically grown food, because our soils are so depleted, omega-3s. And what is also really important to get the proper amount of sleep, because 
during the sleep, your body heals. And if you, you know, if you're living on six hours sleep per night, it's obviously not enough. So even with those baby steps, you can, you can um, do ch huge changes on your overall health. And you mentioned food. I mean, food is eat the rainbow every day and not by the colorful uh, packages, but by the color of the vegetable, by the veg um, color of the fruit and <clears throat> nothing white, brown onions. Yes. And, but no pasta and like they don't have any nutritional ingredients for you. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Fresh fruit. Not pro yeah, not uh, industrial. As soon as somebody changes the um, the fruit or the vegetable or the whatever, then it's not the best thing for your body. As soon as you like grab it from the tree, dig it from um, from the ground, and then it's perfect. Yeah. Do you so? Um, there's many opinions on food. What's good food? What's bad food? Should it be vegetarian? Should it be meat? And so on. Um, I've heard that a more alkaline diet is beneficial for all human diseases. So alkaline, we have we remember from physics or biology that we have from like zero to fourteen, right? And alkaline is, uh, yeah, acidic and alkaline, right? Um, and more vegetables are more alkaline, and often meat, sugar, and so on are more acidic. Is this something you work with, or do you use that in your practice, or is that one of the things that is more like? A misunderstanding, in your opinion? No, it's definitely not a misunderstanding. But regarding diets, I I think they're like I take a pretty personalized approach with everybody because I have clients they prefer to eat meat. I have other clients they prefer to stay on a vegan diet, and I like try to build the perfect diet around this. But even on a like I have clients they were for almost five years on a somehow healthy diet. But they are um, reactive to one of the foods, like for example almonds. They use almond milks in every uh, in the shake every morning. And if your if your body's um, building IgG, which is again uh, autobody, um, auto, uh, in antibody, sorry, that's the right word, an yeah. antibody against the the food, which is a food intolerance and not a real allergy, um, your body reacts every time you have contact to almonds. And even bananas, eggs. There are many people um, out there who uh, stick to a 100% paleo diet, and they think that's the healthiest option. So, regarding diet, I'm pretty hesitant to say mm. this is the one and only because you're not able to to say this is the one and only because some persons are able to tolerate bananas and eggs, and the other ones are not. But you're absolutely right that. If we focus on eating more alkaline-based products, the whole pH level in the body changes, and all those enzymes—they, like it's now it's chemistry—they—they <laughs> um, they are able to work better in the right amount of pH. And even the, those little changes—I mean, you can even supplement some some elements to make sure your body's pH is in the optimal range. Mm -hmm. And if we start to do this and we measure this with um, the urine testing in the morning, you see that everything, like the energy comes back, that uh, you don't feel tired anymore. The pain, the muscle, it's, it's completely gone, but only by this small step that we change the 
environment of the cells so the enzymes can work better. So, yeah, Makes that sense. was a long answer. <laughs> so you use the IgG4 food intolerance test, blood test yeah. for figuring out that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, and there are like really interesting results. There are yeah. people who are like, what? Bananas? No way! I have them every morning and I'm like, okay, so after two weeks, usually if they're completely off the, those foods, they're like, finally, my nose is not stuffed anymore. Yeah. Finally, my eyes are not um, tearing up. And I'm like, hmm, cool. <laughs> We did That's it. Fantastic. I had the ginger, banana, and eggs that I needed to stop. Uh, and that was three of the things that I ate a lot of. Um, so I took a break of a year. And then yeah. I was told that then I could slowly reintroduce it, but I would actually like to get another test to see how is it doing. It's quite fascinating. So your okay. book, Eva, yep. how do people get a hold of that? And what's the title of it? It's a long title. <laughs> the end of uveitis and macular edema. Yeah. And how to successfully address rheumatoid arthritis, the best word today. Yes. <laughs> and I related symptoms, uh, symptoms with functional medicine. So what I... What the, it's a pretty short book, and what I really like about it, it takes the reader throughout the whole process. We start yeah. with a timeline, and we end with a therapy plan. So I'm more than happy to give it away to your listeners for free if they go to book.rheumatoidarthritissolution.com. They can just fill out their email address, and I make sure they get um, access to the book. Great. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so it's easy for, for people to follow. Thank you. And you're working right now on a course as well? Yeah. Next week, I'm going to start this rheumatoid arthritis solution program because I've found that it's the best if you start changing things. Yeah, usually it's a nine-week um, period of time where they the clients leave with a complete clear clan, a plan how to work on their health and then over the next 30 years. And it's... It's wonderful to work that close with people because it's lim um, space limited, of course. So I have access to them all the time and make sure that I hold that, their hand throughout the program. Fantastic. And is it in English or in German? In English. Yeah, it's a worldwide program. Awesome. I will. Let's see when this episode comes out. Uh, it might be live by then, so we can uh, include a link. Where else can people find out more about you? Um, Dr. Hasenbeck DE because yep. German they can find out more and of course um, with the ifm.org I also have a profile over there yeah anywhere else to follow Instagram LinkedIn Twitter not Twitter LinkedIn Facebook Dr. Yep. Hasenbeck and Dr. I don't know how you call it underline yeah Eva underline Maria underline Hasenbeck perfect so I think it's better to put it somewhere in written form yes <laughs> I'll put it in the in the show notes so people can find it there. Thank you so much. Is there anything we should have discussed today that uh, or talked about that we didn't get into that's important before we end off? I think we covered almost everything. And yep. the, the main reason is that my mission on this planet is to spread hope and to yep. everybody know that there are ways to reactivate the self-healing potential and It's possible. I'm living proof. <laughs> yes. And yes. so, and your best friend is living proof and all my clients. So I think that's, if we are able to spread this word, everything will be fine. 
it's, it's really just knowing that there's hope, I think, is so important. And that's why it's wonderful to get some of those stories. I'd really like Thomas is such an inspiring story of just he's still such a positive soul and he just he he spreads knowledge as well about how you can actually do something and, and he's still learning and he still has setbacks once in a while as it will be when you have some of these diseases, right? But still working on like getting to root causes. If we have to finish up uh, one to three final advice from you to the listeners. It can be about these diseases or life in general, if you had to uh, say something. One is listen to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Two is make sure that, like, that you know there is hope. Whatever, like, whatever disease you're experiencing, there is hope or family yeah. members and friends. And believe in your body. Our bodies are amazing and we can, we can create miracles every day. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Eva. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on today and uh, and spreading some hope so the listeners can be there. Like They might not be that autoimmune disease they have or something else, but now they have a better idea of like where to go and what to search for. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.